Hello and welcome to Lost in Sci-Fi and Fantasy. I am your host, Leo, and today we're talking about a bit of a weird one. Uh, so we're talking about Save Yourselves. The original plan for today's episode was I was going to watch the movie Parasite. But when I first checked to see if I was going to be able to, I found out that it was expiring soon. So I was like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll make that the next episode I record. The other day, I went to go double-check to make sure it was still there, and while the tile is still there on Hulu, the movie is now gone. So, I had the fun thing to do of trying to rush and figure out another movie. Now, there was another movie that I had looked at as a potential episode down the line, and I decided, eh, I'll just move that one up. And that is Save Yourselves. So, Save Yourselves is like a weird little indie movie little indie sci-fi movie that does okay with its premise, but I feel could have added a bit more suspense. So it's a movie that came out in 2020, uh, did the rounds at film festivals and whatnot, and then was kind of distributed through Hulu, or at least it's now currently on Hulu, and is about to get a show uh, produced by Hulu, which I think is, hey, that's a big win for like indie sci-fi. So I think that that's pretty cool. Now, what is it about? Well, it is about this young couple that decide that their lives are getting super mundane and boring and that they feel that they're not making an impact. One of their friends provides a bit of an opportunity for them to go to his uncle's cabin and just stay there for a bit, like a week or so. And they take him up on the offer. They see this as an opportunity to unplug, disconnect, you know, because they've been, their phones have been pretty much running their life. Their phones, their computers, everything, you know. They get into a small argument and they're Googling answers and whatnot, which eh, happens. But, so, before they leave, uh, Sue decides, to, you know, she needs to let her boss know that, hey, She's not going to be able to do work for a while because they're going on a disconnecting kind of retreat. And her boss seems to be okay with it, but then immediately afterwards texts her that she's been fired. Which, you know, dick move. But they go ahead with their trip anyway and just want to disconnect. And it, start, it goes pretty well to start out. And they, they, they start trying to figure out some stuff he uh, jack just wants to relax he wants to take the time to actually properly relax and disconnect like they said she wants to spend the time more improving their relationship and the way she's decided to do this is to pretty much cheat a little bit on the assignment that they've assigned themselves of disconnecting as she had copied down these items from a listicle that's about like becoming more of a wee thing. It's, it's like one of those dumb listicle things. It's like, oh, this is improve your relationship in 10 easy steps kind of thing. <laughs> but she, she copied down this listicle and he's not very happy about that because they're supposed to be disconnecting and all she's done is bring a different form of the internet <laughs> with them. But he eventually starts to go along with it. But pretty much just as they're getting ready to open up and everything, they just kind of have... They, well, they're, they're able to start making progress on their relationship. 
but then they just kind of have to throw it out because oh it turns out um aliens are attacking and she could have notified them a bit earlier if she had fessed up about the fact that she had also uh turned on her phone early and had technically learned about the aliens but she just assumed that her mom was being weird and crazy and whatnot so there's that so they they start going into weird doomsday prepper mode where they start trying to salvage what supplies they have but they brought nothing non-perishable they so they have to develop this like go system instead of just a go bag of non-perishable food so their go system is just to run to the fridge gather everything and then go to the door where their essentials are and then fuck off uh but yeah so these aliens that are attacking are specifically targeting things with like ethanol in them supposedly so they drink gasoline they drink uh liquors they drink uh they drink his sourdough starter for some reason uh and sue does not have much of a self-preservation aspect to her a lot of the time because she'll just she just touches the goo holes that are created by these aliens for no fucking reason like you would assume oh you know there's a chance that it's a bit acidic or something i don't know but now she's just like oh there's there's a hole here with goo around it let's touch the goo and investigate oh the car's not starting is there ethanol in in gas they might have uh, drank the gas so she gets out of the car and goes to double check and then touches the goo hole again just to be like oh yeah totally yeah they they definitely uh did that but i'm yeah okay and then she just sits there for a long time and he gets out of the car and he's like please have a little bit more like self-preservation please <laughs> so then they try to hold up in the house uh and they, they're able to do it pretty well except for uh they use one of the voice messages that she got from the guy that's letting them use the cabin. He says that he was on his way. Uh, and that there's a gun in the basement for them to... That he wanted them to get ready for him when he got there. And they have this argument about whether or not they should even contemplate using the gun. Uh, but eventually they dig out the gun. They have this weird tense moment of nothing. And then... They, they get the gun out, and he decides he wants to test out the gun. Just, you know, make sure it's working. Supposedly it's a really old gun, and it is. <laughs> uh, he tries to fire it out the window, and in doing so, he accidentally breaks said window like an idiot. <laughs> and, and so after they repair it as best as they can, they sit up all night. And one of the thing aliens, which is just a big old fuzzball. It's a fuzzball about the size of a, a like a medium sized dog, or maybe a slightly smaller dog, but they're pretty big, at least for a fuzzball. And they shoot these like tentacles out that helps them maneuver and also kill things. So it's in the house. They panic, rush out, 
leaving everything, they just leave, go to the barn and find a Range Rover. They get it started and are able to kind of limp their way out because it's a stick shift and stick shifts suck. So she she's driving and she comes up with like this plan for him to get the axe and her she'll get the go bag that's by the door. They do that decently well. Uh and then they leave. They come across a car coming their direction and they they stop you know to see what's going on. One of the poof balls is on the car, drinking its gas. They get stuck. Uh, both of the people in the other car get killed. And he throws a distraction bottle of wine. Because they have two bottles of wine to just try to distract the little poof balls. But this, this one works. But it, before it leaves, it like... It like distributes like a gas like it floats up distributes a gas and then leaves um which supposedly is very stinky they then start to move on but then they hear a baby crying in the car that just had its two drivers uh potential drivers killed so they go from there and they decide to rescue try to rescue the baby but while they're having difficulty someone just appears out of nowhere and jacks their car because it's a diesel car doesn't have any ethanol in it so the little poof balls don't drink it so their car gets stolen they rescue the baby and start wandering through the woods in which the the effects of the poof gas uh starts to take effect and they start freaking out uh she finds she takes the two epi pens that are in the bag and jab it jabs it into themselves and uh when they wake up the baby's wandered off uh and when they find the baby it is in between them is a, a little pink poof ball the one that they threw the distraction wine to get rid of it uh is between them she tries to throw a distraction wine but it doesn't really work, and it tries to attack Jack. It doesn't kill Jack because, uh, like, it keeps like hitting the the little like baby. What was it called? Uh, uh, one of those little baby carriers that you strap onto yourself. It has a specific name. I can't remember what it's called. But anywho, <laughs> it keeps hitting that. And it turns out that it, it was his phone. It smashed his phone, but it, his phone saved his life. For some reason. It, I'll get into more details about some weird stuff later. But they, she cuts off its like tongue thing, which kills it. And they pick up the baby and start wandering. Then they come across this weird shard in the woods that, like, for some reason it gives them signal on their phones for a bit and they they're able to try to call the police but then the the like shard thing that they came across envelops them and starts floating away and then as they're floating away they notice that this has happened to a lot of people you know they've found shards and floated away and now they're questioning whether or not they were saved and that's how the movie ends
So, so yeah, like I said, it, it's a bit of a weird one. It's one of the better indie sci-fi movies I've seen. Because some of the indie stuff I've seen uh, isn't all that indie because it has like some big name actors and whatnot in it. And it also, it was so boring, some of the indie stuff I've seen. But this, this wasn't bad. This uh, had some relatively fresh actors. Um, and it was a pretty decent movie. There are some issues that I have with it. So, for example, the poof that tries to kill the guy, it hits his phone. But these things are able to punch through the metal of a car into the gas tank and, you know, suck up the gas. They're also able to just, like, punch straight through a person. Like, straight through. And it's not able to get through his phone for some reason. So, th there's that. <laughs> a bit of a odd thing there. Uh, then there's also the fact that, for some reason, they weren't just straight-up killed. There are multiple times in the film in which they are sharing a room with a poof thing, and it just doesn't kill them. Like, when they first see one in, like, real life, they don't know what it is. It's just sitting there. But they come in, and they're like, what's that? Why is that there? And then they leave, and then it leaves for some reason. And then there's another moment when he wakes up during one of his weird sleep terrors that he's supposed to mostly get when he's drunk, according to uh, Sue. He's supposed to get these, like, night terror things where he, like, wakes up and sees, thinks that there's someone in the room. It happens a few times in the movie. There's one time that it happens and they hadn't been drinking, so I don't know what that was about. But one time he wakes up, it's nothing. The second time he wakes up and there is like a little poofy thing on the wall. But he doesn't, since he's still technically asleep, he doesn't actually know that it's a, not in his mind. And she doesn't actually wake up. She just like pulls him back down to go back to sleep. So she doesn't look at what he was looking at. And it didn't kill him then either. And I was hoping that the movie would at some point explain why it didn't just straight up kill them, as it just straight up kills many people. But it doesn't. It doesn't at all. <laughs> so, no clue. Uh, then there's also a reoccurring bit that you would think would actually come back later in the film, but it, it kind of does, but doesn't. Uh, early on in the film, he is given a crystal by his friend, the one that uh, lends them the cabin. And he tries to cut at the beast that tries to kill him, and then he just throws it away. But other than that, it's, it was mostly just supposed to be a comfort thing anyway. But yeah, it, it doesn't come back. It's not explained or anything like that, so it's a bit weird. Um, then there's also their friend. I'm pretty sure... Their friend is the person that, when they're drinking, doing a puzzle, and also something else. They were doing something else, but there's a guy that turns on their porch light, or their outdoor light, 
and is just standing there, and then he collapses, and behind him is a little fuzzball. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be their friend who called them saying that he was on his way to them to like hunker down in the woods, but he ends up getting killed. But it, it, it's very hard to tell because he doesn't fully look like the same guy, but at the same time, I guess he kind of does. It's a bit weird. It might be the lighting. I'm not sure. Uh, only after that do they find out that he's coming. And they never find his corpse, even though it's literally just outside their cabin. So, <laughs> they do, like, accidentally back up onto it before they leave. They don't They don't check it out. They don't ever find out that he's properly, like, died or anything. So, that that's a bit of a shame. <laughs> uh, okay, so, what I mentioned earlier when I said that it could have done suspense a bit better only about like 10 15 minutes into the movie does it actually show you that there are aliens uh it's when they are headed out on their little journey and they are filling up uh their car before they head to the cabin and then it cuts to the sky and shows these things entering earth's atmosphere you know, that kind of ruins the potential surprise right then and there. Uh, I wish it was something like a small detail happening behind them. Like kind of what they did at the end of the film. When you're able to notice that the bubble is forming around them. I kind of wish that it was just a small detail that you don't notice on your first watch. But instead, it shows you. And then about... 10 or so minutes later they go on a hike in the woods and are just sitting on a rock and they hear gunshots in the distance now at first they assume oh it's probably you know hunting season although that would have probably only been a singular shot what they keep hearing is rapid succession shots so instead of a bang it's a bang ba bang bang kind of thing so not not something that you would just kind of brush off, especially when you hear it twice fairly close together. So, and so, I don't know, I feel like it could have, they could have built up the suspense a little bit more. Then about five to ten minutes later is when they first encounter one of the fuzzballs that they keep calling poofs. Because it looks like a an, an Ottoman kind of deal. And they... They, they they linger on it not being there when he comes back after a small argument with his girlfriend, uh, Sue. So he gets a bit upset because she's trying to dig into... She keeps trying to follow the listicle thing, and he's not into it. He's not having fun with that. He doesn't want to do that. So he goes off to fail at chopping wood, and as he leaves, it focuses on the spot where the little fuzzball was, but it lingers there and zooms in really close, as if saying, Do you get that it's not there yet? We'll, we'll hold on for a couple more seconds. Do you see that it's not there? Good. Okay. <laughs> and then it 
you know, shows him trying to fail chopping at wood. And then she comes in, and that's when she sneaks off and does her little phone thing and whatnot. But overall, it's fine. <laughs> it's a little bit slow burning for most of the movie, and I kind of would have preferred if it was... It either doubled down on being slow burning and just left all the secret stuff to the background, or if it had just kind of started to kick off a little bit faster and them just kind of being incompetent in survival. That would have been kind of fun, too. Uh, but yeah, I think that that's going to be it. Would I recommend this movie? Uh, sure. Uh, I do not know how they're going to adapt it into a TV series. They're either going to continue it with them in space or something, which would be kind of fun. You know, have a complete left turn of a show in comparison to the film. Or it's just going to be the show again, or sorry, the movie again, but longer. Uh, and a, a TV show. I don't know yet. We'll see. And I, I'm actually interested to see how they adapt it. So I'll be keeping an eye out for that. Uh, I also kind of feel like I do want to do some more indie stuff for the show. Um, but yeah, other than that, for now, we will leave it there. Uh, we are now going to go ahead and go into the update for this week. All right. So it is update time. Uh, so we will go ahead and begin with the, I guess, adventure section. Uh, in which I will uh, say that I, I was able to get the job, and so things are going to be a little bit awkward for at least the next couple of episodes. Uh, as for whether or not it will continue on past those couple of episodes is questionable, but, uh, fingers crossed, it should be fine. <laughs> should be. Um, I have enough books to last me... 10 weeks if I need it to, just in case. Uh, and then I, I have enough stuff in general to last me a long time too. So in general, it should be fine. I do have the next two weeks worth of content planned. So uh, look forward to that. The next week will be Troy. Uh, and that will be Phil. Uh, that will be recorded kind of on... On location, while I'm out on adventure, I guess. Uh, uh, but yeah, so that's going to be fun and interesting, and we will see how it goes. But with that said, let us go ahead and transition on into the main bit of the update. So, my plan to read Titan's Curse was a success. I finished it on the night between uh, the Monday and Tuesday, so that that night, the transitionary night, uh, and it, it went well, I, I finished that book, and, but I had trouble kind of starting, uh, the labyrinth, because, the battle of the labyrinth, because I was, I was just kind of focused on other things, so, this does actually relate to the, uh, adventure bit, I was expecting a call on Tuesday, did not get a call on Tuesday, so I sent an email on Wednesday that said I would get a call either Wednesday afternoon or Thursday morning. So Wednesday afternoon came and went, nothing. Uh, and then Thursday morning, 
uh, I got the call, letting me know that I will they'll be going forward with the job. So yay. Uh, and then Friday, the day I was hoping to finish Battle of the Labyrinth, um, I only got a little bit further in than I was hoping. Well, a little bit further in in general. I was hoping to finish the book. <laughs> but I, I I only got a little bit further in, and that that was it. I So my push day that I was hoping to really uh, crush the book did not happen, sadly. I don't... Of course, a lot of things ended up going a lot faster that day than was expected. So there's that too. Uh, I also ended up getting another call just going over the details of the job a little bit. So, yeah. Anywho, so that's that's where we stand. I am not very far into the book. I am just about where Annabeth is getting the quest assigned to her. Uh, literally where I'm at in the book, she has just gone up to talk to the Oracle. And she's about to come down uh, to discuss uh, what she heard. So, that's fun. <laughs> uh, let's see. Titan's Curse, while it is my least favorite of the books, uh, of the original Percy Jackson and Olympians books, and potentially the whole series, doesn't mean that it is, you know, terrible or anything. It's just kind of, it's mostly on me, that, because it's my my perception of the book, plus uh, it, Annabeth is missing for, like, the entire thing, so that gets a bit annoying. Because she's kind of my favorite character, at least her and Percy's dynamic are kind of my favorite thing of the series. But... It, it's, you know, it's not bad. It still has a lot of really good moments, and it helps Percy kind of have to face his feelings for Annabeth while not necessarily addressing his feelings for Annabeth. Because at multiple points, he, you know, it's, it's pretty much shown to him, like, hey, you, you're you very obviously in, in love with her and whatnot. Uh, but... I feel that it's done better in Battle for the Battle of the Labyrinth because they're, you know, actually interacting. And that was the hardest part of the first chapter, I think, uh, in Battle of the Labyrinth is that they are pretty much going getting ready to go on a date. But because of events that happen at Percy's orientation, the date gets canceled and she's very upset about it. And something I kind of hope that they bring to the series if it's able to get to Battle of the Labyrinth, but a general note for the series overall, I do kind of want them to just slightly amp up the the romance between them a little bit, you know? Just add little things here and there that just adds a little extra, you know? As it is, there's a lot of nice moments in the books, but if just a little bit more was added just a tiny bit, it would have been nice. For example, in the Battle of the Labyrinth, I think just one line would help make things a little bit better at for the first, you know, chapter. If he had said, I'll make it up to you. 
you know, just showing that he cares and that he feels bad about the fact that, you know, things that technically weren't in his control, but regardless, you know, screwed up the date, he, you know, is still willing to make it up. That would have been nice. And also the fact that pretty much everyone knows that they like each other, but uh, are just kind of watching. It, it's it's funny. <laughs> I, I, I find that fun. Um, but yeah, back to Titan's Curse. So Titan's Curse, it's, my, my issue is more like how I envision it. I just can't escape the mental image that I have of it, of it constantly being either dark and snowy because it's winter or like sunrisey, sunsetty. I just have trouble properly envisioning any of the scenes save for like one being properly during the day and the one that's properly during the day is the museum scene it's the only one i'm able to envision properly during the day for some reason i don't, I don't know why when they're in uh arizona it's it's like sunrise or sunset when they're in uh I think LA it's a little bit more sunny or not LA San Francisco it's a little bit more sunny in my mind but it's still it's still pretty dark <laughs> especially since that entire scene is like about them having to get to the mountain by sunset so yeah it's it's just a, it's just a mess then it is also I still believe Percy at his worst because of the fact that since he's not able to fully, you know, accept his own feelings for Annabeth at this point, uh, it's just him arguing constantly with everyone a lot of the time. And it's also, he has trouble meshing with Thalia, so he he just makes mistakes constantly. It, it's, it's weird. You'd think that he would be happier to kind of let go at points, but he's not. Uh, let's see. The other thing that's a bit weird is that it's an in-between book. And besides the fact that it is the middle of this small series, uh, this section of the series, uh, it's, it's also set between years. So the first two books set up the pattern of every summer. But I think by this point, Rick Rorden had decided what the prophecy actually was. Uh, and well, he had. And it determined that 16 was the age. And since they started the series at 12, if he was going to do five books, he kind of needed to do an in between one set during winter. Plus, it gives you a look at camp during winter. But that also uh, creates a bit of an issue when you look at the next book, because there's another mistake. Uh, it's a small one, still, but pretty much Percy states that he hadn't seen the cabin, his cabin, since... Uh, no, not the cabin, the dining pavilion area. He hadn't seen that since last summer, which was just wrong, but it's, it's corrected technically... 
in the rest of the book when he says over winter. Because, yeah, that he was literally at the end of the book at the dining pavilion with Nico, and that's how it got the crack. So, that, that's a fun little uh, mistake <laughs> that was in the Battle of the Labyrinth. Uh, let's see, then... Then, yeah, Titan's Curse overall is fine. Nico wasn't as annoying as I remembered him being. I remember him being really annoying in Titan's Curse. Uh, but luckily, he's not in it most of the time. He, I know that he is still a bit annoying in, in the Battle of the Labyrinth because of the fact that he's on this... One, we don't really interact with him directly for a good chunk of the book. And... <laughs> And then when you do interact with him, it's just kind of anticlimactic because Percy's building up in his head the entire book that Nico's coming after him. But by the time you actually get to it, he he uh, uh, nothing happens, <laughs> which I do find funny. Uh, I, I'm not there yet, but I do I do remember that it's it's quite anticlimactic, and that's par partially probably why I've been having a slower time of it. But yeah, so I'm still enjoying Battle of the Labyrinth currently. Um, the story's, you know, just a little bit more, which is fun. Uh, and it's kind of a Percy Annabeth-centric book, which I like. Although I know that there's going to be a, a section just kind of cut out where he ends up on an island, which is a bit of an odd like non-sequitur in the middle of the book, but we'll get to that next week. As for my plans, my, my tactics for this week, since I am still relatively in the beginning of the book, I need to try to finish the book by Wednesday. Because I, since Wednesday is my travel day to the job site, I need to have that be me reading The Last Olympian. I, I really need it to be that. Especially since... Mm, I haven't packed The Last Olympian. I need to have it in hand at the time. Or else I'm stuck with a bunch of books that, you know, aren't The Last Olympian. Or I'd have to, you know, pack it with me. Which means I would then have, like, enough books for 12 odd weeks, which is a bit much. But anyway, so yeah, that's the plan. I'm going to try and finish The Labyrinth, The Battle of the Labyrinth, by... Uh, like Tuesday night, uh, if not earlier, I'm going to, I'm really going to try to push, uh, the, these next few days. Then I'm going to begin the last Olympian and try and I would like to be at least a couple of chapters into the book before I begin traveling on Wednesday. And then Wednesday, it's a seven hour drive or so. So I'll be able to really try to crank out as much of the book as possible during that. And then I'll probably finish it Wednesday night into Thursday with any luck. And then from there we will move on to the first middle uh, break book, I guess. But yeah, I think that that's a good amount. That, that's good. <laughs> I have 
rambled on into this microphone for long enough. I, I kind of wanted it to be a little bit longer of an update because of the fact that <laughs> this is a relatively short episode, but it, regardless, it's going to end up being a pretty short episode. But yeah, so I will leave you guys there, uh, and I will talk to you guys next week where we'll be in the middle of everything, just a bunch of stuff happening. Uh, I'm going to have to wa try to watch Troy uh, in in a hotel room and then record an episode on it uh, really, really quietly. So <laughs> we'll see how audio levels change between now and then. Anywho. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I will talk to you guys next week. Goodbye.